That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. So let him hold you. Let him breathe on you. You are not of a Do not be
serve you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you lift your hands and sing this next part with us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we all stand? Let's gather around this front, start this service off with some praise and worship tonight. Thank God for another opportunity to be in His house to worship, to praise, and to glorify His name. Why don't we take just a few moments just to lift up His name and worship Him together. God, we love You today. We thank You, Savior, for Your goodness, for Your mercy, for Your blessings, O God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us another opportunity to be in your house, to worship, to praise, and to glorify, and to lift up your name. You are good. You are wonderful. You are mighty. You are powerful, God. Hallelujah. Come on, tell him how glad you are to be in his house tonight. How thankful you are for another opportunity to worship him and praise him. Depending on you 
understand Oh, I don't know which way to turn or what to do I'm just placing it all into your nail-scarred hands And I know that your love will see me through Oh, I'm depending on you I'm depending on you
We got much to thank God for. My, 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 he's never done us anything but good. So we come to worship and praise him tonight. So let's love him, church. Glory. Thank you. brothers to bring the offering pan and brother Charles get ready to sing and we having good church glory a big hand clap our brother Charles is coming. Glory, 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 glory. If there are some things that I may not know, and there are some places I I cannot go, oh, but I'm sure of this one thing, my God is real. And I can feel Him in my soul. Oh, yes, my God is real. Oh, He's real in my soul. Yes, my God is real. For He has washed and made me whole. Oh, His love for me is like your gold. Well, my God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. Oh, yes, my God is real. Oh, He's real in my soul. 
Yes, my God is real, for He has washed and made me whole. His love for me is like to go. Oh, my God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. Well, I cannot tell. Oh, just how you fell when Jesus took all your sins away. Oh, but ever since that day, and ever since that hour, oh, my God has been real, for I can't feel His saving power. Is real. Oh, he's real in my soul. Yes, my God is real, for he has washed and made me whole. Oh, his love for me is like pure gold. Well, my God is real, for I can feel him in my soul. Praise the Lord, everybody. How I many is glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. It's always good to be able to come to church to worship the Lord. And I'm glad tonight that I can worship Him in spirit and in truth. I serve a good God. I don't have any complaints in God tonight. Amen. God has been good, and He is wonderful, and I love and appreciate the Lord, and I count it an honor and a privilege just to be able to serve Him. I'm not doing God a favor. God's done me a favor, amen, for allowing me to know Him and the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated just for a few moments tonight. I want to make some announcements before we get into the Word of the Lord. And uh, don't forget this weekend, we have a, a a busy weekend coming up, an exciting weekend. I'm very excited. I know we're going to have a great time, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to have some good food and good fellowship and uh, starting Friday night, the marriage retreat will start Friday night at 7 o'clock. And so remember that. And uh, if you have signed up on the list, uh, we already have food prepared for you, so be sure you show up. And uh, if you haven't got on the list and you think that you might want to come, uh, see me after church and we'll uh, try to make provisions where you can be there also and there will be plenty for all of us to eat, and uh, we're going to have a great time. Looking forward to the Shoemakes being with us. Love and appreciate them very much. Made their acquaintance a few years ago and uh, spent some time with them out at their church and uh, was impressed with them and uh, looking forward to what God is going to do for us. A lot of people say they don't need any help in marriage. 
most people that say that has not talked to their spouse very long. And uh, there's room for improvement in all of our lives. Can I get a witness? That's kind of a weak witness, but I guess any witness is better than no witness. But I know, I know in myself, as great of a husband as I am, <laughs> that almost sounds like Brother Buck testifying, don't it? As great as I am, <laughs> there is still room for improvement, and uh, I want the best out of life, and uh, I want the best out of life for all of you here, and uh, this is my family and uh, myself's uh, gift to you, and uh, so I want you to come and enjoy it, and it's no charge to you at all, and so we're going to have a great time. I was talking uh, to the shoemakers today. And they asked me if I would do this, and uh, if you have a question uh, that you would like to ask, uh, if you want to, I don't know, uh, we try to make this where nobody knows who's asking what to make it where it's not too uncomfortable, Um, but uh, if you do have a question, I was going to ask you to text it to my wife, but then I thought, well... Everyone that texts her, she's probably got your contact in uh, her phone, and so it would know who it was coming from. But we've got to do this very quickly. I, I tell you what, if you want, if you want to ask a question, uh, write it down. Do you have the church number? Yeah, bring it up here where I can, where I can give it out. This will work. This is the church phone number. Um, so what what one is it? Eight two eight. Okay. All right. This this is the number that will work on the church, and so it will go to here. And there's no contacts in this phone, so um, we won't know who you are. It's eight two eight two six. Nine one. I tell you what, let's put this screen back down. If you put that on the screen, just leave it up there while I preach. Because by the time I get through preaching, you might have a lot of questions you'd like to ask about about it. So um, 409-828-2691. And you want to take this back there to him where he'll have that number. And man, with questions... It always gets more entertaining. And uh, so there's no use for us to have someone to fly all the way uh, from California to southeast Texas and uh, spend all the money and our time having a uh, marriage retreat and then them not even know anything we want to know. And so when we tell them what we want to know, they can tell us what they know. He told me today, he informed me that... He had all the answers to marriage. But his wife was on speakerphone with him, and she said he doesn't have all the answers. So it's going to be fun. I asked him, I said, which would you would rather? I would, uh, brother and sister Duplessis is going to have something to say. I said, and I can promise you whatever brother Duplessis says 
is going to be quite entertaining and comical. So do you want to be up first or you want to go after the comedy show? And so, so we're going to have fun. If nothing else, look at Granny over there. She's just excited and anticipating what her husband is going to say about marriage. It's going to be entertaining. Instead of watching me squirm sit there, we're going to watch Sister Duplessy squirm and uh, what Brother Duplessy is going to have to say. So we're going to have fun, and then we're going to be back here um, uh, Saturday at 10 o'clock, and then there will be a meal after uh, that session. That will be a split session. It will be together over in the gym, and then we'll do a split session Saturday. So we're going to have a great time, a lot of fun, and uh, a lot of laughter and uh, we've we've been getting uh, uh, wedding pictures, and uh, boy, I tell you what, this wedding, this this, um, there has some people really changed in the last few years. I'm about the only one that stayed the same, and uh, so it's been it's been quite entertaining, and uh, so um, what has what has really this is going to be my question to the shoemakers, and this is that. What price are you putting on marriage if you don't even know where your wedding pictures are? <laughs> There's some guilty people in here. I already know that. But anyway, man, oh, it, it, it. You just need to show up just to see all the pictures. And uh, we're going to have a great time. They've been decorating gym all week. And, uh, man, life is good. So remember that. And then Brother Shoemake will be here uh, preaching for us Sunday morning and Sunday night. And uh, looking forward to a great move of the Lord. And uh, it's good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord. It's so good to see the clouds here with us tonight. We're so glad that they attending church with us. Amen. And uh, it's good. Doesn't doesn't Sister Holyfield look good with that bench there just going down? Amen. We so glad to see Kurt and his family in church tonight. Love and appreciate them. And uh, good to see them here tonight. And anyone else that's in the house of the Lord that might be a guest. Uh, oh, yeah, good to see uh, Sister Mallory's pa- parents in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Glad that they're here. And uh, everyone else, Lord bless you for being in church. I'm glad that I'm here, and I'm glad that all of you are here. Because if uh, all of you are here, I found out um, during COVID when we had to uh, shut down the services, I found out it's no fun preaching to an empty building. And uh, so I'm glad that you're in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 11 through verse number 13. I'm going to read those passages of Scripture and try to give to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart uh, for this service in prayer. And uh, I just want to talk about some things about life tonight. The Bible says in verse number 11, Philippians chapter number 4, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned 
in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. I'd much rather be full than hungry. Both to abound, that was not in there, I added that. Both to abound and to suffer need. And this was his reply to that. And, and I want you to try to connect verse number 11. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Verse number 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let's put our Bibles down, lift our hands toward heaven and ask God for His help. God, I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Savior, that You would lead me and guide me. I pray, Lord, that You would speak to our hearts. Anoint me, God, to preach under the anointing, to teach under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Open our minds, our hearts, and our spirits, Lord to the understanding and knowledge of Your Word, where we would be what You would have us to be, do what You would have us to do, God, and accomplish the things that You have set before us. And everybody said in Jesus' name, clap your hands, everybody, unto the Lord. Lift your voice and shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah. 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 Lord bless you. You may be seated. I want to... Uh, I, this, this is an attempt to kind of teach a little lesson, although sometimes I seem to get a little preachy in my teaching. Um, but, but I want to talk to us tonight about getting the most out of life. Getting the most out of life. How many loves life? Amen. If you don't love life, well, let's just leave it at that. Getting the most out of life. How many wants to get the most out of life? And uh, so, so the Bible is telling us here in Philippians chapter number 4, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Philippi, and uh, he, is, he is instructing them on a little bit about just being happy with life. And uh, how many knows that life doesn't always go according to plan? There is really no blueprint uh, how that we build life or how that we live life and have life to turn out like we want it to. You know, when you're building a house, if you have a blueprint and you go by that blueprint, uh, it's going to turn out like the picture of uh, the outline of that blueprint of where they posted on that page, normally in the front, sometimes to the back at the completion of the project. So if you go by that blueprint, that's what you come up with. Unfortunately, life has some twists and turns that we sometimes do not expect. And so the Apostle Paul, I was, I remember one time, I don't know if Brother Bergeron even remembers telling me this, but 
is telling me someone was preaching one time and they use this scripture in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11 says, no matter what state I'm in. And he said, it doesn't matter if you're in Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, you should be happy. Well, that's not exactly what it's talking about. But when you live in the state of Texas, how can you not be happy? And so anyway, said so whatever state, what whatever uh, whatever situation that you're in, whatever you are going through. And uh, so the Apostle Paul says, whatever state I'm in, therewith to be content. There are lessons that we learn that, that content under all circumstances of life. He said, I know how to be a base. I know how to do without. And I know how to do with plenty. I know how to be a bound. And uh, he said, in all places, in all things, to be full. And I know how to be full. And I know how it is to be hungry. And I know how to, it is to, uh, to have lots. And I know how it is to have very little. But this one thing that I have found out that I had to learn, he said, I know how to be content in whatever state. That I am in, whatever I am going through in life. I, I believe today, and, uh, I think there's a lot of things to back this up, that happiness is a choice that people make. And, uh, so I know that's very weak in some people's understanding and believing, but you can believe what you want to, but, my daddy always told me when he, when I would be disgruntled and unhappy, he said, you wouldn't be happy if they hung you with a new rope. Now, I've thought about that a lot since, and I don't guess I would be happy if they hung me with a new rope, whatever that meant. But I think what he was trying to say is there is nothing in the world that would make you happy over a long period of time. And so happiness is a lot to do with a mindset and an attitude. Now, I know there's things that happen in life that upset the apple cart. But there is a lot of times where it's what upsets the apple cart is by choices that we made to be happy or not to be happy. And uh, we're going into a marriage retreat, so I've... I've always told people in, in counseling and premarital counseling, I said, pick your heel that you're willing to die over. Don't, don't create stupid fights. Make sure it's really something worth fighting over. But some people just, just, they, they just have a problem with no matter what. It's kind of like the guy got up one morning and told his wife, said, I want I want one fried egg and I want one boiled egg. And so she went in there and she fried one egg and she boiled one egg and she set them down on the table. And he throwed his fork down and slapped his hand on the table and she said, well, what's wrong? You know, the wife is always meek and humble, doing whatever you want them to do. And said, what's wrong? He said, you boiled the wrong egg. That's how contrary we can be as humans, not just male or female, but as humans of trying to be content in life. 
everything will not go according to plan. There's going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some some hardship. There's going to be some downtime. There's going to be some some rough spots that we've got to walk through. But you've got to have an attitude of happy. I want to be happy. I want to get the best out of life. We only have one life to live. I, I can remember my daddy saying this, that, that he would buy new vehicles all the time, and he changed vehicles all the time, and, and uh, he would buy a new vehicle, and he would drive it home from, from the car lot. He could buy it off of the showroom floor and drive it home uh, from, the, from the car lot, right off of the, the inside of the Cadillac dealership or Lincoln dealership or Chevrolet dealership. Never a Ford dealership other than Lincoln, but, but he would, he would drive it off and he said on the way home, he had listened for every creak, every squeak, every rattle, and he would just try to sense everything that was wrong. And he said for years he made himself miserable because he had take it back. It's got a rattle. I hear a rattle. In the, in the left side, in the quarter panel, on the back, I hear a rattle. I hear a rattle on the front fender. Now, you know, you can pray for my mother that had to live with that man. But anyway, for years, he said, finally, he got over that and he said, when I buy a vehicle, I just drive it. It don't matter if it rattles. It don't matter if it bumps. It don't matter if it wobbles. I just learned to enjoy what God was blessing me with. And so if we would do that, a lot in life instead of looking for everything that is wrong and looking for everything that is bad. Try to find something good in mankind and in life in general. And so I, I find, I, I see people in, in relationships that, that are like this. They can't enjoy a good relationship because they're too interested in everything that is wrong. I want to tell you, there is no perfect people in this world. Unfortunately, I know that surprised some of you because you thought you were the only one. But there is no perfect people. The only perfect one in the world. They crucified Him. How many of you think you want to be perfect? Now, so, so there, there is no perfect people. If, if there was a perfect man, He wouldn't have married you. If there was a perfect woman, she wouldn't have married you. Because they would have seen each other's flaws. I would still be single today. Because my wife never would have married me if she had known all of the flaws that I have. But she's been chiseling away at them for almost 30 years now. And so, I, I would, I would tell you today, boy, man, it's like I just hit a stump out there somewhere in Lel Field. So, so looking for the perfect person, young ladies, I know you're looking for the perfect guy, but you gotta, I don't mean this in a bad way. And young men, let me include you, I know you're looking for the perfect young lady, but you've got to look with what you've got to operate with. (laughs) So... So get out of the magazine and get in real life, okay? <laughs> so, 
these are not in my notes, but I've just got kind of sidetracked on this deal. So you've, you've got, you've got to work with what you've got to work with. And then when you make that decision, you have got to make it work. There is nothing that is worth anything that comes easy. How many has ever made a hundred dollars in your life? It wasn't always easy, was it? You had to work for it. You had to scramble for it. You had to do something for it. And so that's the way in a marriage. You've got to work for it. You've got to, you've got to not fight each other for it, but you've got to fight the devil for it. Now don't classify him or her as a devil. I'm not talking about fighting each other, but you've got to fight the elements of this world. But when you get and and brother brother Marks mentioned this the other night in his preaching about uh I think first marriages and he said these numbers and I went back and looked them up and he was pretty close to being right on target. I think that that uh you have a 50% chance in your first marriage of making it work, of being successful and staying together uh to death do you part. And I think in in uh, the second marriage, it's like it drops down to like uh, 60, 62 or 63 percent. And then in a third marriage, it's a it, uh, or excuse me, I'm going backwards. But uh, in the in the third marriage, it's a 20, uh, 27 percent chance of survival. So you go to like a 35%, 50%, 50% uh, 35% somewhere in there and to, to uh, 27%. So, you know, you think that you can get out of this and get into something else and it's going to solve all your problems? Forget it. Forget it. Get the best out of life with what you have right now. And thank God and quit complaining about everything that is not right and focus on some things that are right in life. God, number one, number one, always remember this, that God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be happy. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 1, I'm going to get back on the notes now and maybe we'll get this train started down the track. Got derailed there a little bit. First uh, Peter chapter one and verse number eight says, "Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though through now uh, though now you see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory." The Holy Ghost, the presence of God, is to make us happy. But sometimes I feel that God is working with an impossible situation because some people just refuse to be happy. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse number 29 says, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy help, and who is the sword of thy excellency. And thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. And it starts out by saying, when all of these things are done for you and in your favor, happy art thou, O Israel. 
That's God's purpose. God's purpose for us in life is not to go through life being miserable. Being down and out and downtrodden and unhappy about everything. And uh, this is one thing that that the, uh, the uh, queen seen when she come to Solomon uh, and saw all of his wisdom and his glory and all of the things there that Solomon had built and created. And Second Chronicles chapter 9 and verse number 7, she said, Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and hear thy wisdom. If there's anything that ought to make us happy people, it is simply being in the house of God. In God's presence, standing in the presence of the Lord. How many remembers that Sunday school song? We are happy people. Yes, we are. Maybe we ought to start off every service by, by remembering that and singing that as a congregational song. We are happy people. Yes, we are. We are happy people. Yes, we are. Been baptized in Jesus' name, spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. We are happy people. Yes, we are. If there's anything that God wants to do for us, it is that we would be happy in serving Him and worshiping Him and living for Him and be happy just living life because we are connected to the greatest thing that has ever been, and that is the Holy Ghost, the power and the glory of God. Amen. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, now I've always, I've preached from that Scripture and I've read that Scripture many times. And I've always kind of stopped there. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But the end of this is kind of surprising. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Amen. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law. Who is it that keeps the law? A lot of people have the wrong, the wrong opinion about serving God altogether. They say, oh man, when you come to church, you gotta give up this, and you gotta give up that, and you gotta quit this, and you gotta quit that, and you can't go here, and you can't go there. That's, that's all foolishness. That's not the way that it is. When I come to God, I don't have to get intoxicated to entertain me. I don't have to smoke cigarettes to get a thrill. I don't have to go out and party and run around on my wife to be happy. Amen. He says, happy are ye that keepeth His law. He that keepeth His law, happy is he. So you are a happy person when you are keeping the law and the commandments of God. Amen. That's what God has created for us. And that's what God wants for us. And that's God's desire for us. Another thing is, not just happy, but God wants us to be blessed. God has no joy in us being broke, busted, and disgusted. That's not God's plan. That's not God's purpose. That's not God's will for us. In John, third John chapter three and verse number two said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. 
And, and this is what the, uh, John is writing to us and telling us, I wish above all. Now John is getting his, his writings from the Lord and, and this is, uh, the Bible is written by holy men of God as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God moving on them. He said, this is God's wish that in all things thou mayest prosper and be in health. Now this does not mean that you're always, if you serve God and you're living for God the way that you should, that you're never going to get sick and you're never going to be broke. No, that's not what the Bible is talking about. But the Bible is reminding us, remember what the Apostle Paul said, said in no matter what state I'm in, no matter what condition, to have plenty or to have little, I have learned to be content. With our contentment, God brings blessings. And so, he said, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even, now listen to this, even as thy soul prospereth. Sometimes we hinder the desire of God by choices that we make in life. Choices that we make in life. We hinder God's blessings upon us. Before we can prosper, the soul must prosper first. If you want, if you want your business to prosper, Concentrate on your soul first. If you want to succeed on your job, concentrate on your soul first. If you want to get, get married and be successful in marriage, concentrate on your soul first. When you get your soul right, God will be able to bless you. God will be able to prosper you. Amen. When you get your soul right. But why would God want to bless us when He knows that our blessings are taking us down the wrong road of life in the wrong direction? God sends mid-course corrections to correct us and to get us back on the straight and narrow that He wants us to be. The second thing, we cannot make foolish decisions and expect God to get us out of those decisions all the time. And I tell people in getting married, in premarital counseling, you know, don't get married thinking that marriage is going to heal all of your aches and your pains. If you got problems, get the problem fixed before you get into a relationship. Because you don't need to carry that into a relationship. So don't think that changing relationship is going to fix your problem because you're taking this, this problem out of this relationship, removing it to a new relationship, and you still got the same problem. What God wants us to understand is, it's not always, as America says now, and this society says, no matter what happens, it's somebody else's fault. No, no, no. What God wants us to do is take man up, woman up, and take responsibility for our own foolish actions and bring them to the cross and get them under the blood and get them taken care of and move on with life. Amen. Move on with life. 
And so we make foolish decisions and we expect God to bless us and get us out of these foolish decisions that we have made. How can we prosper? How can God prosper us when we make foolish decisions on buying things that we cannot afford and things that we do not need? Every time God gives us a raise, we go buy something else to get in debt. And then we say, oh God, I can't pay the bills. God tried to give you a raise and you've done something stupid. Excuse me, foolish. More politically correct there. And so, so we do that. I was listening, I was listening and it, it, it has amazed me. It has amazed me through this pandemic of, um, you know, people losing jobs and people being laid off. Now, if you did this, I'm sorry. Um, I probably shouldn't even say this because I'm going to get in trouble. I don't know of anyone that did it. And so I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. But there, it, it amazed me. I was, I was going and, and, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot to do. And so, uh, we was up at the lake a lot and I was getting a boat worked on and I went in, I went in the boat shop and the guy, I said, do you have one of those new boats? He said, man, said, we can't keep them. I said, what do you mean? He said, as soon as we get one in, it's sold in a, in a matter of hours. I said, you mean to tell me in the middle of this pandemic and people's losing their jobs and people don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, they are buying these boats and they're not cheap? He said, man, said we can't get them fast enough. And I talked to somebody else over in Vider, a boat dealership over there. He said, I've sold everything that I got. I wish I had some more boats. People's buying them like they're car lots. Did you notice the car lots? They were just bare for a while because people was buying them. And I'm thinking, going through this, people are buying these high dollar items. And then I got, I got to reading the news just this past week. It come out and it says, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to file bankruptcy in the next few months because they overspent during the pandemic. What happened was they were making more money being off work than they were making while they were working. And so people spent accordingly. And how do we expect God, hopefully none of y'all did that, but how do we expect God to bless that kind of activity? Amen. The government was trying to help people where they wouldn't lose their home, where they wouldn't lose their, uh, their, their cars that they already had. They went out and bought a new home. They went out and bought a new car. They went out and bought a new boat. And so this is the foolish choices that we make as people. And we have all been guilty at times, so let's don't be too critical of everybody else. That God blesses us instead of taking that money and paying something else off, we go and buy something that we didn't really need in the first place. And then we have, we're back in the same problem that we was before. We cannot prosper when we're making foolish choices and decisions. And so God wants us to be in health and God blesses us. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of the world's worst at this. I know, I know I've got a history in my family and I still love fried food. I know that the kidney doctor told me don't be drinking 
sweet tea, and I still love sweet tea. Some of you are diabetics and still love ice cream. Amen. So, so here we are. Here we are. God is trying to bless us. God is trying to prosper us. God is trying to keep us in good health. And we self-destruct. Now, why are you talking about that? I'm talking about that because this is life. About getting the most out of life. How do we get the most out of life? We bring our problems to the cross. We bring our shortcomings to the cross. We bring our hurt to the cross. We don't look for somebody else to fix it. We look for us to fix it ourselves by bringing it to the foot of the cross, putting it in the hands of God, and saying, God, I want to be better through the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost that's working through me. Don't ever think that God wants you as a Christian walking around with your head hung down, with your bottom lip dragging out your tracks, driving the worst car possible, living in the worst home possible. That's not what God's plan is for you. And you walking around saying, woe is me, I'm just a poor old Christian. No, God wants to bless you. And don't get mad when you see God blessing somebody else. Don't get offended at the blessings of God because God wants to give it to you also. Amen. Amen. There has been so many wasted lives. How many have ever seen the sign that has a, a egg frying in a pan? I've seen it on billboards and says, this is your brain on drugs. There's been so many wasted lives. I, I've seen pictures of people that have been on meth and they have them on the billboards and the before and after pictures, wasted lives. I look at people that have taken their own life and such a wasted life. There's been so many wasted lives and you can look in the Bible and you can find a life that was created all of us were created in the image of God for a purpose. God has a plan. We are not accidents. You are not an accident. I don't care what your parents told you. You're not an accident. You are here by the divine intervention of God. And don't believe that junk when somebody says, oh, you was an accident. No, God had a purpose and a plan for you in your life. You have got to find that plan. You have got to find that purpose and do what God wants you to do in your life. Amen. But one of the saddest lives that I look at in the Word of God would be Samson. Samson was a man that was born under the divine intervention of God for a purpose. The children of God were under the rule of the Philistines. And God created Samson. And God made Samson. And God separated Samson. And God blessed Samson. And God, God increased Samson. But Samson was never comfortable with the purpose that God had set before him. God created Samson for a purpose, but he was never satisfied. Samson's life was practically a waste. 
according to the Word of God. Now there was 20 years that Samson judged the Philistines, or judged Israel, and uh, come against the Philistines. But none of the none of those things are recorded of any successes that Samson had of leading the children of Israel, of being a judge over them. He did not like it. He did not want to be there. He did not want to do it. And uh, so, so all the things that are recorded about Samson's life is things that was just for Samson. And if you want to be happy in life, and you want to get the fulfillment of life, and you want to get the best out of life, learn how to give and not always take. Let that sink in real deep. Learn how to give and not always take. Will you get taken advantage of? Oh, yes. But you'll get more out of life and you'll be more You'll be happier with yourself when you learn how to give and not just take. The amazing things that are recorded in the Bible that Samson did was not about the children of God at all. You look at the things that, that's recorded in the Word of God. Now I give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to, I don't want to criticize him too much, but, but there is nothing recorded in this Bible that Samson did any heroics that he accomplished other than things that he'd done for own personal gain. He was on his way to a place that he should not have been to see a girl that he should not have seen, to get married to a woman that he never should have been enticed by in the first place, and a lion come out and was coming against him he killed the lion. Again, he put forth the riddle. And uh, his riddle was given away by the woman that he wanted to marry. And so he had to get 30 changes of garments. And he took 30 changes of garments from the Philistines. Then he tied foxes' tails together and burnt their fields with fire. None of this was in order to help the people of God. All of this was in order to help Samson. We find a place that that the men of his country came and and bound him and he allowed them to bind him and he said, You know, do with me what you want. I don't care, just don't follow me yourself. And they bound him and turned him over to the Philistine army and in one place the power and the presence of God come upon him. And he broke the bonds as if they were little threads. And he took the jawbone of a donkey and he slew a thousand men. This was not for the accomplishment of the children of God, but this was the accomplishments for self. And when we are so self-motivated and so self-centered... We cannot get the best out of life. And so here Samson is living a frustrated life. Living a life where 
He is so frustrated with everything. He don't want to be what God has called him to be. He's frustrated with that. He's frustrated. No, no woman in the children of God's uh, kingdom would was for him. He had to go outside of the children of God and try to find a woman. And they kept getting him in trouble. You'd think he would learn his lesson. Delilah deceived him. Then he was laying his head in the lap of a harlot. I believe it was Gaza that he carried the gates. They locked him inside the city and he carried the gates. Not to tear down the gates to lead in the army of God to destroy the ungodly. No. He carried the gates to the top of a hill because he was trapped in the city. Again, for the accomplishments and for the benefit of Samson, Mr. Self. He's trying to fulfill all of his desires in life. He's trying to get the best out of life. But he's not doing it God's way. And he's not doing it the way that God intended for him to do. So he's living a miserable and frustrated life. Even in his death, Samson still, after the forgiveness of God, after the mercy of God, after the grace of God, after God strengthening him once again in Judges 16 and verse 28. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, as he was standing between the two pillars that held up the Colosseum that he was in, remember not your people, remember me. I pray thee, and strengthen not your people, but strengthen me. I pray thee, only this once, not where I can go out and even with my blind eyes lead the children of God and finally accomplish what you have called me to be and get the most out of the life that you have created me to be. He said, but strengthen me this only this once that I may I, that I may be once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Not for anything that they had done. Now you remember, in this time, the Philistines were coming in and stealing their crops. They were destroying their homes. They were taking their properties. But Samson was still concerned about, oh, number one, and that is me. I want to tell you, if you're going to be successful in life, if you're going to be successful in marriage, if you're going to be successful in living for God, you've got to get your mind off of just me and get your mind off on what God wants me to be and God's purpose for me in my life. You will never be happy until you find your place in God. Amen. If money brings people happiness, why does millionaires blow their brains out? Amen. If different relationships and women and men make you happy, why do they commit suicide? Amen. If money makes you happy, why did Epstein kill himself? Or probably didn't kill himself, but he probably had some help. If this things, private jets, private islands, women, booze, drugs, anything, 
whatsoever his heart desired. High friends in high places. Everything that you could imagine. Everything that his lustful, sick, sin-filled heart wanted. That's what he got. But still it could not satisfy. Why? Because he was searching for his place that he never could find. And that place can only be found in God. I want to tell you today, if you want the best out of life, you've got to search for your place in the house of God and in the kingdom of God and say, God, here I am. Not about me. Not about who I am. Not about what I want. God, but what you you want for me in my life. Amen. Amen. Remember me. Strengthen me. Avenge me of all the things that they've done to me, God. Help me. Do it for me. I want you to move for me. And what a sad life. His last request was not God give me one more chance where I can lead the people of God that you want me to lead. No, but his last request was, let me die with the Philistines. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to die a miserable old man that never found happiness in Christ and never had happiness in life. Amen. But when they walk around my casket, I want them to say, He loved God. He loved His wife. He loved His family. He loved the church. Amen. He served God and He loved and enjoyed life. God wants you to be happy. God wants to strengthen you. God's desire is to bless you. I do not want my last words to come out of my mouth. God, let me die with the enemy. Oh no. God, don't let me die in the enemy's camp. Some way, God, help me to find my place in the house of God. Help me to find my strength in the house of God. That's where you're going to find the fullness of life. It's in the house of the Lord. Amen. Some of you, you can be seated just a moment. I'm almost through. That finds yourself miserable. That finds yourself struggling to be happy in life. I encourage you. Pray until life looks better. Some of you that's struggling in relationship. Pray until God helps you to fall in love. All over again. And what you love you will not hurt. What you love you will not curse. What you love you will protect. What you love will be number one. And then you start finding your place. What I was looking today, reading over the story of Samson, play something. I'm, I'm closing with this. I was reading over the story of Samson. I think it's three chapters from beginning 
to the ending of his life. A man that had superpower. That could have been a superhero before Hollywood ever knew anything about superheroes. A man that could accomplish great things. A man that could have done no telling what for the kingdom of God. But 20 years that he led the children of God because he was not happy, not one thing is recorded that he done for the people of God. Getting the most out of life. Hey man, I want the most. I want what God has to offer. And God has the best to offer tonight. Let's all stand. You rejoice with joy. Unspeakable. And full of glory. The Apostle Paul said, In whatsoever state I am, therewith, To be content. Whatever you're facing right now, God can let a peace come over you that passeth all understanding. I think about that song that says, Peace of God, cover me. Through the storm, God, cover me. What is that talking about? That's talking about a peace that can come over you. You said, oh, if I had this, I would be happy. If I had that, I would be happy. If I was so-and-so, I would be happy. If I was married to them, I'd be happy. If I had a life like them, I would be happy. No, you wouldn't because you'd bring your problems in there and mess that up. But you can be happy where you're at if you're in God. God can change your attitude. God can change your thought. God can change you Quit trying to fix everybody else and work on what you can work on. And that's this man. And work that through the altar of God and ask God to help us. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to touch somebody in this place right now. In Jesus' name. I don't, maybe, I know this is kind of a Bible study. And, and, and maybe it's helped you, maybe it hasn't. But if you want help from God today, why don't you just step out from where you're standing and make your way to this front and say, God, I want to get the most out of life. I want to be the person that you want me to be. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to find my place. I want to do your will, God. I want to fulfill your purpose. Ask God, why am I even here, God? And let God direct you and let God help you. And let God move through your life where you can accomplish the things that God has set before you today. Hallelujah, if you're going through a storm... The best place to go through the storm is in the house of God. If you're fighting a battle, the best place to fight the battle is on your knees talking to God. God can fix it. God can work. God can put it back together. God can work it out. Only in you, God.
That's the only place I'm safe. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord tonight. Cover me, oh God. Cover me with your blood. Cover me with your wings, God. Protect us today. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Move in every home. Every relationship tonight, God. Strengthen every married couple tonight, God. I rebuke every devil from hell that's come to destroy, to ruin, to wreck. God, I pray for Your mercy. I pray, God, for Your blessings over our finances today, God. Over our homes, over our jobs, Lord. In Jesus' name, Your blessings today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If you... Remember, if you have any questions, text them in. If you don't want to text them in, if you want to write them on a card, you can just um, uh, put them on the welcoming desk or whatever you want to. Drop them off sometime. Lord bless you. Remember, Friday night, 7 o'clock at the gym. We're going to have a great time. And then Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Lord bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.